Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Let's turn to 2 Peter 3. We'll start there. It's actually a pretty good group today. Well, you know, last week I missed you. You know, uh... I don't hate many things in life, but I hate missing church more than anything. I hate missing church. I hate missing meetings. I hate missing anything that happens at church. I've always been like that. You know, even when I was in uh, Kids on the Rock, I hated missing camp. And I couldn't be at camp technically because I wasn't in youth yet. But any event, I feel like I'm invited to and should be there if it belongs to church. So... Just so you know, uh, I'm never rejoicing when I have to stay home. Uh, I'm never excited about it. I'm never trying to get away from you guys. I am bumming big time. But I do creep on you when you're not here or when I'm not here because they put a phone in the back and I watch the service. So I see who's using the restroom during the service. Like, Y'all need some help. I'm like... And uh, I see where everybody's uh, sitting and everything, but you're well taken care of. I know dad had some great meetings. I was there for two of them. I didn't get to the rest of them, but he had some awesome meetings. All right, three people agree with that. All right, well, listen to the podcast if you weren't here for that. And uh, then last week, Uncle Les and Namsie preached. Didn't they do a great job last week? Yeah, come on. He deserves a hand of applause. You know, Amsie's a great preacher, and he's a great worship leader, but he's an even better person, and he's a better friend, and he's great at the other things, but I think he did a great job, and, and Uncle Les always does a great job. Uncle Les, I feel so comforted. I just like, Brit Les, can you always just come talk to me? When I feel anxious, when I need help, just sit in my living room and talk to me, just listening to your voice with a fire going, because it's going to be a fireside chat. Um, it would just bring so much comfort to me because there's just something about Brother Les. There's so much stability and strength to him. And just, you know, everything he said, he's meditated on 30 years. So it's got to be good. It's got to be rich. But there's nobody like Brother Les. And uh, I was thankful for him, too. So you guys had a good week last week, but it's going to be an even better week this week. That's right. That's right. So 2 Peter 3 in verse 17, it says, you already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him both now and forever. Amen. But notice he says, rather, you must grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So uh, we started this new series called Growing Up. And today, if you're taking notes, it's going to be called It's Time to Grow. It's Time to Grow. Now, for this church, for 2022, uh, it's another year. And uh, just because it's another year doesn't mean anything. You guys know that, right? It means nothing. Doesn't mean you're going to have a great year just because it's a new year. I'm here to encourage you guys, right? Just because it's a new year does not mean anything's changing in your life unless you're changing in your life. 
so, so I'm not one of those people. I just think it's so cheesy and corny. Um, some of the statements we say, just because it's a new year means absolutely nothing other than you have to write 2022 on the date. That means it means nothing unless you do something different. The new year is not a new you unless you change and unless you grow. But this year, and I'm not one of those people who uh, gets a word of the year every year because, you know, everybody's got a word of the year every year. And how many know everybody that, that said 2020 vision all turned out to be false prophets in 2020? Oh, this is going to be our year we see clearly. Oh, you go see all right. 2020 vision. It's the year of the COVID. Why didn't you say that? But I know every preacher's trying to be optimistic as, at, the, at the new year and try to make something fun come out of it like, 207, go to be heaven. 208, go be great. You know, they, they say all that kind of stuff. But for this year, um, and God doesn't usually give me words for a year, but I felt it on my heart that God gave me the word for this year, for me personally, but I think for our church, the word growing. The word growing. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean a lot of things by that. And so that's why I named this series Growing Up, to talk about this at the beginning of the year and to realize it's time to grow. So I'm going to take my time today. I feel like I'm already taking my time today, but I want to talk about what I really feel like that means and why we need to grow. So when I feel like God said growing, the first area, obviously, I feel like he means our church is going to grow. Our church is going to increase and to grow in people. Um, that's very common, especially in the early church, the book of Acts. It says that the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. When God gave me the word growing for our church and for me personally for 2022, I feel like a big part of that is our church is going to grow in people. That's who we need. We need people. I don't care about having buildings and lands and sound systems if we don't have people in the sanctuary. It's pointless. Let's sell it to Fire King. We need people because God's about people. And so when I say growing, I mean we're going to grow in, in people, in numbers, just like the early church did. And if you read the book of Acts, time and time again, it says, and great grace was on the church, and they grew. And great grace was on the church, and they grew. And revival was happening, and they grew. And the early church went from 3,000 to 5,000 to 10,000 to 20,000 to 100,000. And it grew, 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 grew. Because that's what a healthy church should be doing, growing. And I believe that's what's going to happen at our church. We are growing in 2022 in people, new people. And I also feel like it pertains to a lot of other things in our life. It pertains to our church finances. We're growing. I believe there's going to be more partners for dad's ministry and his ministry and influence is growing. But what I want to talk about more specifically today is we need to grow personally. When God said growing, I didn't automatically think church growth. I thought me. <laughs> and that's what you need to think about when I say growing. Me. God wants to grow me. I need to grow me. And a growing church is full of growing people. 
if we're going to grow as a church, we're going to have to have growing people in that church to grow it. People that are pursuing God, pursuing God's plan for their life, pursuing everything that God has called them to do and to be changing and growing and becoming more like Christ, becoming more um, of a person of love, a person of faith, a person of peace. So when I say growing, I want to talk about growing personally. Now, personal growth is a big deal in the world. Um, leadership books, podcasts about it, personal growth is a big thing. And God was into personal growth before any leader wrote a book about personal growth. <laughs> before any podcast was ever made about personal growth, God was into personal growth. His word is all about personal growth. There's scripture after scripture after scripture that tells us that God wants us to grow. And not just in one area, every area of our life. We should be growing spiritually. That's the most important thing. But we should be growing mentally, emotionally. We should be growing physically. We should be growing financially. We should be growing in our relationships. We should be growing people. Because growing people are a part of a growing church. But you got to grow up. That's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, just because you're getting older does not mean you're growing up. Say amen to this. Come on, there's people in the nursing home that are just as immature as they were at 16. I'm not being mean about it, but it's true. They don't think any differently than they did when they were a teenager. Just because they got older, they never grew up. They never changed spiritually. They never changed mentally. They never changed physically. That's a choice that we all have to make that no one else can make for you. But this verse in Peter that I feel like God gave me, 2 Peter 3, and we'll read it in a second, but I want to give you a little context to it. So Peter is writing to a group of churches that it sounds like it's 2022. Because Peter is writing to a group of churches that are under extreme suffering, persecution from the government. They are suffering because they're being persecuted for their faith. People are after them. They are also things in Peter about the return of the Lord because people are wondering because of all these bad things happening, is Jesus returning? Those same conversations are happening today in 2022. But let me just tell you this. Jesus is not coming back yet. I love you, but he's not. There's still a lot of things that need to happen before Jesus comes back. So don't get your rapture clothes on yet and act like we're, we're getting out of here, guys. 2022 is the year. I'll say what Dr. Dufresne always said. If that happens before we really see God move, I'm going to talk to Jesus about it when we get here. I'm going to say, Jesus, you said that there would be an end-time revival and an end-time harvest, and God would do all these things. The church is not going out in just this little, weak, wimpy state that it's in right now. The church is going out in a bang, and it's going out in glory. It's not going out hiding in their house. Waiting for Jesus to return. So trust me, if you hear prophets say that Jesus is coming back like this year or next month, they're not telling the truth. 
And scripturally, you should know better. The Bible says that no one knows the day or the hour anyways. So they're just trying to sell something to you if they say that. Like, I know when Jesus is coming back. There's been books written every year about why Jesus is coming back that year. Listen, you can get all your charts behind you on the wall, but you still don't know when Jesus is coming back. All right. But also in Peter, now I'm setting the context because this verse means more when you know the context of it. So Peter's writing to a church that's suffering, that's experiencing persecution, that's people are talking about Jesus is going to return. He's correcting that. Uh, Peter talks a lot about false teachers and false prophets. Now, when I say false teachers and false prophets, I'm not just talking about inside the church, inside and outside the church. Do you realize that anyone on social media, on the news, politicians, they're preaching a gospel at all times. And if it's, what they're saying is not true, they're a false teacher and a false prophet. It's not just in the church world. Every person that's a public figure that is speaking is preaching their own version and their own gospel. Everyone. Not just in the church. So we need to think about even when Peter's talking about you being aware and not being naive and not being deceived by false teachers and false prophets, stop just looking in the four walls of the church. Look at your news stations. Look at who you're reading on social media. Listen to your politicians. Now, don't assume I'm saying something I'm not saying. I'm saying CNN and Fox News. Both of them. Because y'all thought I was talking about CNN. Well, Fox tells the truth. and No, no. MSNBC, no, they definitely don't tell the truth. Listen. Church family, do not be naive of what's going on in the world. Stop taking sides with Democrats and Republicans. They're both equally wrong right now. That's why you got to be spiritually discerning. Listen to me, church family. you got to be spiritually discerning. I've seen so many Christians jump on the uh, conspiracy theory bandwagon, and they're being deceived right now. Well, what about the liberals? They're already deceived. That's not a question. I'm talking about people that should know better. People that say they're a believer are jumping on conspiracy theories, bandwagons, acting like that's the gospel. What about the word? I don't hear any word in what they're saying. What about what God's doing? Not what who's in office and the U.S. of A. What about what God is doing? Hello, somebody. You're not saying amen. It's still true. I know we got some of those people in our church, so hopefully you just got corrected. Or if you know them, please send them this podcast and say, Pastor said you're wrong. I'm serious. I'm not going to have a church like that. Peter was warning them back then from listening to false teachers and false prophets and not being naive, not being easily deceived. There's no spiritual discernment. So Peter... It's talking 2,000 years ago, but it sounds like 2022. But notice what he says in 2 Peter 3, 17. This is a warning. You already know these things, dear friends. Because the whole first part of Peter, he's talking about all these things. I'm warning them. 
So be on your guard. Why? Why be on your guard? So you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people. And lose your own secure footing. But notice what you need to do. Rather, you must grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him both now and forever. Amen. But notice he said, rather, you must grow. Yes, you need to be discerning and you don't need to listen to these people. You need to have a secure footing and be on guard but you can't just stay there. You must grow. You must grow. You must grow. Now, in life, in our relationship with God, there's, there's no standing still. There's, there's no neutral territory. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. You're either growing or you're going backwards. That's why he says you must grow. And notice you must grow in grace, which grace is God's ability, the understanding of God's grace in your life, and the knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. You still follow me today? I want you to know today, we're still talking about growing up, and it's time to grow. That it is God's will that you grow. Grow in what? Every area, but most importantly, that you grow spiritually. Growing spiritually is one of the greatest defenses to not being led astray. By false teachers, false prophets. When you're growing, you can handle persecution and suffering, and you're not backpedaling and running for the hills. You're not being led astray, but God says you must grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. So, yes, I'm talking about growing every area in this series, I'll talk about it more, but most importantly, growing spiritually. It will be the best year of your life if it's your best year spiritually. So you know what preacher talk is? It's going to be the best year of your life. And how's that going to happen? You know what happens? Everybody in the congregation's hopes get lifted sky high. Oh yeah, it's going to be the best year of my life. And then they have the same year that they had the last 20 years or the last 30 years, or the last 40 years, because they don't realize they're a part of this equation. <laughs> but I can guarantee you one thing. It will be the best year of your life if it's your best year spiritually. If you grow more this year spiritually, it will be your best year. If your relationship with God gets better, it will be your best year. If you get closer to Jesus, if you have a better prayer life, if you have a better time in your word, if you grow in, in your ability to hear the voice of God, it will be your best year spiritually no matter what comes. 
Even if they said, we got COVID-22. It would still be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. We're still talking about growing up. It's time to grow. And the Bible says that we need to grow in a lot of things spiritually. If you just read the New Testament, it says you need to grow in the grace of God. You need to grow in the knowledge of God. You need to grow in love. All right, Facebook users. It says you need to grow in faith. These are all spiritual things that God says it's my will that you grow. And you must grow. So, we need to understand this. And there's a reason I titled it Growing Up. And it's kind of a, a title that means multiple things. When I say growing up, one of the ways I'm looking at it is this. Everything that God has for you, and everything he's called you to do, you have to grow into. And your growth must be intentional. Let's read a verse here. Philippians 3 and verse 14. You guys get something today so far. Philippians 3, 14. By the way, Michael, I really like this background. I just wanted to have had to say it. Just I've never seen it on the PowerPoint. These colors are popping. My eyeballs, these pixels, I can't even handle what's going on here. The screen's in 8K right now. Look what it says. Now, what did we just say? Everything that God has for you in this life, the call of God, the plan of God, you have to grow into. And your growth, growth must be intentional. But listen to what this says. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Some translations say that, that I press towards the high calling of God in Christ. Meaning that I got to grow up into it. That if the call of God is high and upward and I'm right here, guess what? I'm going to have to grow up to get into everything that God has called me to be, called me to do, called me to have. I have to grow up into it. Now hear what I'm saying. No one is talking about works here. The Bible calls this spiritually maturing. To be the person that God has called you to be and to fulfill everything he has for you, you have to spiritually mature and grow up. But it has to be intentional. It does not happen by accident. And the Apostle Paul said, I press towards or I grow towards that call of God, which is upward, which is high. i got to grow up into it. And that's not just for me as a preacher. That's for every single one of you in here. God's best, God's call, God's plan has to be grown up into. It's not automatic just because he spoke that about your life. It's not automatic just because it's in his word. You have to spiritually mature to get into it. And you have to grow in grace, in knowledge, in love, in faith. And 
spiritually mature to what God has for you. You follow me today? Now, I know some of you that had um, older brothers or older sisters understand this. Now, I had an older sister, so nobody was handing me clothes down. They weren't getting passed down to me. You know what I'm saying? And we ain't that type of church. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we love all people, but I wasn't getting clothes passed down. But let's just say the Stumblers. There's four brothers. How many know what, what Haas was wearing was probably what Charles was wearing? And probably what Weege ended up wearing. Maybe Noah ended up wearing it. Because in big families like that, especially if they got an older brother and older, older sister, it's just easier to start passing down some of the clothes. They keep the clothes in the house because the next brother can wear it. But usually the clothes are a little big. And, you know, when you start complaining about it, what does your parents say to you when, when you're complaining about, man, man, this shirt's too big, Mom. These pants are too big. These shoes are too big. I know they belong to my older brother. And what does your parents say? Don't worry about it. You'll grow into it. Everything that God has called you to do, you have to grow into. Listen to me. Everything that God gives you on your life is too big for you right now. Every call, every plan, every purpose, everything he has for your life is too big for you right now. It's baggy on you. The pants are baggy. The shoes are too big. Everything God has for you is way bigger than you. People are saying, well, well it's too big for me. It's too big for me. Yeah, because you've got to grow into it. To fulfill his call, his plan, his purpose. And you'll get there, but you got to grow to fill out your clothes. Many Christians wearing baggy clothes saying, I just don't get it. I'm not in God's... you got to grow into this thing. Well, why would God give you something that's too big for you? Because if he gave you something that was just your size, you wouldn't need him. God never gives you a call and plan that you can do. If you could do it, you wouldn't need him. How small-minded do we got to be? God has way more for your life than what you can do. In your own strength, and your own brain, and your own ability, and your own power. If we're stuck to that, then none of us have much we can do. But everything that God has for us is way bigger and greater than what we can do. And we got to grow into it. I got to calm down here because we got a ways to go. Thank you. Are you following me so far? Yes. Now, you and I both know that there's so many people say, well, God told me I would do that. God told me I would do that. Good. Great. But if you don't grow, you won't get into it. How many conversations do we have to have about people? You got so much potential. 
oh, you got so much talent. You have so many gifts. We all know people with talent, potential, and gifts that are still living in their parents' basement at 45 years old playing Call of Duty. If you go to this church, get a job and get out of the basement. Don't we all know people like that? Talent is not enough. Gifting is not enough. Potential to do something with your life is not enough. God has that for all of us. You got to grow into it to become the person that you're called to be. You have to grow into it. Some people become everything that God has called them to be, and some people stay the same their whole life. What's the difference? One chose to grow, and one chose to stay the same. Isn't that true? We all know people like that. Some people become everything that God has called them to be, and some people stay the same their whole life. One chose to grow, and one chose to not grow. You have to grow into it. Now, here's something we understand. We're still talking about it's God's will to grow. That even Jesus in his human form had to grow. Now, Jesus is 100% all God and all man. But in his earthly ministry, he was walking as a man. And Jesus needed to grow. (laughs) This is so good here. I'm already at 31 minutes. Yikes. (laughs) you you guys don't got anywhere to be right Asian buffet will still be open unless they got closed down for health reasons no an Asian buffet and golden corral as well they probably scored an F on the health category but something about Sunday though you're so hungry you wouldn't even care would you Love covers a multitude of sins and germs at the moment. Now, did you guys know that technically, if you've eaten at Golden Corral, you don't need to take the vaccine? (laughs) You already got antibodies. We're talking, you're like going into 2025. You have the antibodies for what they're making in 2025. I'm going to get back on, but I got to say one more thing. One more thing. Because I was in Kidoba the other day. Now, you know how, because at Golden Corral, they have that little glass that looks like this. Doesn't it bother you that they put the glass up for a reason? And they have it at Qdoba as well. And the people order and go like this. <laughs> Can I get, I'm like, there's a reason they put this there, buddy. You're breathing and touching the food. You, you like lean over the edge and they're like, I'll take some more of salsa and cheese. And I'm like, why did we put up this plate to keep out the germs if everyone's going to reach over it? Okay. So good news. If you guys have eaten at a golden corral anytime in the past 30 years, you're fully vaccinated. It's not a political statement. It's the truth. Now, what are we saying? If Jesus needed to grow, you do too. Here's something in our culture. We always, especially nowadays, everyone acts like they're already arrived. Everyone. 
Like in life, just about, any, not just spiritually in every area, like that everyone is a finished product. Everyone has done all the growing they'll ever need to do, spiritually, mentally, physically, relationally, financially. I'm enough. And then they go beyond that, and especially in this culture today, if you try to even tell somebody they need to change or need to grow, you are the hateful person now. Don't judge me. I'm perfect. I'm enough. I'm the finished product. No, you're not. I love you. I do think you're wonderful. I do think God loves you. I do think God has his best for you. But you are just like me, another human being. And we got a lot of growing to do to get into everything that God has for us. And that's not to shame us. Just because we need to change. We all do. You know, this is kind of a drastic example. But even it's changed. You know, there used to be all those weight loss Reality shows on TV. You remember that? People would lose hundreds of pounds. But in 2022, they're not even letting people do shows like that anymore because they say it's fat shaming. Has nothing to do with the way you look. It's called if you're that overweight, you're going to be unhealthy and we care about your life and we don't want you to die. Does that not make sense to anyone here? But if you tell everybody they're perfect the way they are and they don't need to change, that line of thinking ends us up in a very bad place. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally, if you act like you're done, you're perfect, and if you say anything otherwise, oh, you're shaming me. Not necessarily. Maybe someone just loves you and they want to help you and they know you need to change. For instance, when, when I went to a doctor recently, and I've had different physical issues, some that are, um, some that are kind of outs- outside of me and some that are my fault. Can we talk that talk on a Sunday morning? On one of the pages that there were some things that were high on things that, that I could control, the doctor said this, now your pastor looks in pretty good shape. So the doctor showed me on this paper, you know, because my cholesterol was too high or my triglycerides were too high and all these other things and my, my blood sugar and all this stuff. And she wrote on the page, what are you eating? I said, if you ask him that question, you already know what I'm eating. Fast food, fried food, sugary foods, quick foods, convenient foods. The foods that we all eat when we're on the run all the time. Now, we're living in such a sensitive society, and other people would do this. They would get offended by that. I didn't get offended by that. Why? The doctor loves me and does not want me to die from something that can be avoided by what I'm choosing to put in my mouth. I didn't go, oh, you're fat shaming me. How dare you? 
Don't talk to me about what I'm eating. No, the doctor loves me and is trying to point out an area in my life that I can grow in. And if I don't grow in, I cannot become the healthy person I want to be. If it's true in that area, it's true in all the rest of the areas of our lives put together. We all need to grow. Physically, spiritually, mentally, financially, relationally, every area to become the people that we're called to be. Not by shame, not by guilt, not even by putting yourself down because you're not there yet. That's not biblical. But pursuing... Like the Apostle Peter said, I press. I'm pursuing this. I'm growing into this. Everything that God has called me to be. But Jesus needed to grow. The Son of God needed to grow. That's why when anyone says, I I don't need to grow. I'm good. I don't need to change. If Jesus did, you definitely do. You do. Let me just give you two verses that say that. Luke 2 and verse 40. And the child grew, that's Jesus, and became strong in spirit and filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Let's look at Luke 2.52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God in all the people. Look at that. Jesus in these Verses describe him growing physically, but he was also growing mentally and emotionally. He was growing in wisdom. And it says he grew strong in spirit. He was growing spiritually as a child. Yes, fully God, but fully man. And the human side of him had to grow. Had to grow physically, but also had to grow in wisdom and to grow spiritually. So if Jesus needed to grow, we all need to grow, and we can. I want to share three things with you as we go. I know it's 40 minutes on the clock. Could someone hand me a water? (coughs) Thank you. Let's turn to Philippians 3. Philippians 3. Verse 12, Apostle Paul speaking, he says, Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected. He's being honest. The Apostle Paul's being honest like we should all be. He's saying, I'm not there yet. I'm not fully in what every, everything that God has for me, and I can admit that. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. Or I grow, I change, I pursue this, that I may lay hold for which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehend, have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's three things I want to share with you as we go. First is growth is a choice. Growth is a choice. For everyone in here, growth is a choice. Well, I'll just grow if I get older. No, you won't. 
I'll just grow if I come to church. Maybe. <laughs> Depending on how you come. Listen, I'm 34 years old. I've been here all 34 years and nine months. I've seen people in this church 30 years act the same exact way they did when they came in 30 years ago. I've been here. So this idea, if I just come to church, I'm going to grow. Well, if you come the right way, if you come to listen and receive and do, yes. If you come and you're taking notes and you're not on your phone scrolling through Instagram, yes. If you come and you're actually involved and engaged in the worship and the preaching, then you'll grow. But if you just come, maybe, maybe not. Growth is a choice. And that's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, not that I've already attained and I'm perfected. I'm not. He was being honest as a human being. And I can say the same thing about myself. It's not beating yourself up to admit that. But then he says, but I'm going to lay hold of what Jesus has laid hold for me. And I'm going to forget the past and I'm going to pursue what's ahead. And I'm going to press or I'm going to grow into the high calling of God in Christ. What does that language sound like? That sounds like I'm making an intentional choice that I'm going to grow and pursue what God has for me. That growth is not happening by accident. It's happening on purpose. Growth is a choice. If you want to spiritually grow, it's a choice. If you want to grow physically and get healthier, you're going to have to make the choice to eat better. You're going to have to make the choice to take the supplements you need. You're going to have to make the choice to get off your bohunkus and go walk. Stop watching the NBA game and go to the gym. That does not count for your exercise to watch sports on TV as you sit on the couch. But that's a choice if we're going to grow physically. It's a choice to grow mentally and emotionally. It's a choice to grow financially. It's a choice to grow in your relationships. It does not happen automatically. How many know we all know that? We all know that, but we don't do that all the time. It's a choice. Just like people financially say, well, you know, I want to be out of debt or I want to buy a certain house and I want to be able to give so much to the kingdom of God. I want to be a distributor for the kingdom of God. That's a choice. It's not just going to hit you because you got in a prayer line. What are you doing about it? Do you got a budget? Oh, no, no, don't talk about that. Do you got a budget? Do you pay your bills? Are you pursuing financial prosperity? You have to grow into it. Growth is a choice. And it's an intentional choice. Here's the next thing. Growth can be painful. Growth can be painful. You didn't know if you wanted to amen on that or not. Growth can be painful because it's change. And change is painful. Change is uncomfortable. Change can be awkward. Change can be scary. Change can be painful. 
But growth is painful because it's change. And nothing changes in your life until you choose to grow. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. Most people I know live there. In Insanityville, USA. You have the same eating habits. And you expect your health to change. It won't. You have the same exercise habits. It won't change. You have the same spiritual life you had for 20 other years that you didn't grow in. It won't change and grow until you change. But once again, why don't we do it? Because it's painful to change. It's painful to stretch into something new. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. It's different. And it can be painful to grow. But if we want to grow and change, we have to go through the pain. Now, I'm not talking about sickness or disease or anything like that or God's judgment. Nothing like that. I'm saying it's hard and painful on your flesh and on your mind that's unrenewed. When you first start making these changes to grow, it's painful. That's why people don't stay with it. That's why people don't endure it. That's why people can't go through that place of pain to get to the place they want to be because growth can be painful. You know, um, there's a reason they call it growing pains. Not the show, but the show was really good, by the way. But there's, a, there's something that happens to boys and girls when they're growing up, and they start getting growing pains. Judah's there. Roman's there. This little guy right here, I'll see him like a week later and he looks taller than the week before. And I see him a month later and he looks taller. What's happening? It's growing pains. But there's something that happens when you're growing as a young person, a boy or a girl, you would wake up and your legs are hurting and your arms are hurting and your head's kind of hurting. And you don't always see it but it's painful because you're growing because your muscles are stretching because your bones are getting longer because things in your body are changing and growing and it can be painful, but it's worth it to get to the place of being grown. But it's called growing pains. But that happens the same way in our life that sometimes when we start growing, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward like puberty. It could be scary. It could be painful. But that pain is good because we're actually getting stronger. We're getting taller. Things are changing. Things are growing. So growth can be painful. Here's another thing about growth being painful. When, uh, when I go to the gym, because I don't experience growing pains anymore, sadly, Miss Donna, get your faith back on that. I got to get to six foot one way or the other. I don't experience growing pains anymore. You, you know, when you're my age. Now, some of you understand because most of you are, are older than me. 
Now, when you wake up in the morning and your legs are hurting <laughs> and your arms hurting and your head's hurting, you're not growing. You slept funny. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you climbed too many flights of steps the day before. Maybe you turned something when you opened the car door. But there's another type of growing pains that happens, and it's when you get in the gym. Because growth can be painful. And when you go to the gym, when you start lifting weights, this is what happens. That when you lift weights, it actually tears or stretches your muscle. So it will grow back stronger and be bigger than it was before. That's why they say no pain, no gain. Because it's painful to grow. But you got to realize the pain is always worth it because of the growth that comes after it. The stretch is always worth it because of the growth that comes after it. Growth is painful, but it's always worth it. And I know I'm giving you physical examples that are kind of funny to think about, but every area of your life, there will be a pain that you have to push through and realize this pain is not working against me. It's working for me. Actually, my muscles are getting stretched out. My muscles are growing. This is part of the process. Growth can be painful, but I'm changing, and I'm going to grow into everything that God has for me. The pain is always worth it. Let me clarify again. I'm not talking about sickness or disease. I'm talking about the way your flesh feels when you make it do something it doesn't want to do. The way your mind feels when you want to think wrong and you make it think right. That pain. That's painful. And it takes you being disciplined in that area to grow. But the growth is always worth it. Now, I was even thinking about the past three years of my life. And you guys have been in a lot of these situations as well. There's been multiple deaths, divorce, everything this church has went through, COVID-19, that people didn't know, no one knew what that was going to be like. They're saying, we're shutting churches down. We're shutting this down. As a pastor, what do you think that makes me think? The first thing, well, if nobody could come to church or we could even have a church after the pandemic. And then you got people in churches saying, if you wear a mask, we don't like you, pastor. If, if I don't wear a mask, we don't like you, pastor. If you got the vaccine, I don't like you. If you do get the vaccine, I don't like you. If you talk about Black Lives Matter, we don't like you. If we don't talk about Black Lives Matter, we're mad at you. If you agree with Trump, we're mad at you. If we agree with Biden, we're mad at you. Just a little bit of the past three years of my life. And we're three years into this, and that kind of junk is still going on in the world that we live in. All of that is painful. Painful. Some of those things could be avoided, but some of those things are things that I can control. But you can choose to go through them or you can choose to grow through them. 
And I'm believing for me and this house, we're getting stronger from it. We're getting better from it. And yeah, that growth was painful, but that stretching's going to be worth it on the other side. That pain's going to be worth it on the other side. And what the enemy meant for evil, God is going to turn around for good. And I got stronger from it. Look at my muscles now three years later. Same way with you. But think about all the things you went through. Growth can be painful, but it will be worth it. Let me read you a verse, James 1, 2 and 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. I got one last thing and Brother Daryl can come. You guys get something today? Last thing I want to talk about is growth is a process. Growth is a process. One of the most common examples in your Bible that God gives is a farmer in a field. God describes your life as a garden. All of us in here are farmers. And not just because you live in the Midwest. God says you're a farmer of your own life. Your life is a field, it's a garden. And whatever you sow into it will grow. But it's a process. Every day all of us has this choice. We're the farmer, our life is the field. What you sow into your life daily by your choices, by your words, by your habits, by your prayers, you will reap the harvest of that in your life. Whether that's good or bad. The Bible says what you sow, you will reap. Not God. You. God's the one that makes it grow, but you're the one that's sowing the seed. But growth is a process. Look at the way Jesus describes it in Mark 4. 28 and 29 says the earth produces the crops on its own first a leaf blade pushes through then the heads of wheat are formed and finally the grain ripens and as soon as the grain is ready the farmer comes and harvest it with a sickle for the harvest time has come so Jesus even said growth is a process we all know this when you plant something you don't see it the next day. Sometimes you don't see it for weeks because it's a process. And we don't need to get discouraged in the process because even though we don't see it, there is things happening under the dirt. Now, 
many of you know this if you ever grew a plant even in school you put the seed in the ground you don't see it and maybe a couple days later you see a little green thing sticking up and then it grows a little bit more and then a little bit more and a little bit more but it's a process growth is a process there's a reason I'm saying this because I don't want you to get discouraged when you're choosing to grow do you know this is the reason why people give up on New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals? Because they don't realize growth is a process. Like a farmer in a field, it's a process. Why do people give up going to the gym when they start their New Year's resolutions? Because after they've been going a couple weeks, they don't look like the way they thought they would look yet. They haven't lost the weight they thought they would yet, so they give up, not realizing, no, it's a process. And actually, you're growing, you just don't fully see it yet. You got to keep planting, you got to keep watering, and you will see it. Why do so many people give up on other New Year's things that they wanted to do? Because they don't see the results as quickly as they wanted to see it. Because they don't realize growth is a process. So whatever you sow into your life, you will reap the harvest of that. The day you plant the seed is never the day you see the harvest. Just because you can't see it does not mean it's not growing because it's a process. So I want to encourage every single person in here about everything I've talked about today. I know that you are wanting to grow and you're realizing after this message you need to grow, but don't get weary in being consistent with planting and watering just because you don't see quick enough because it's actually growing under the surface. Don't give up because growth is a process. I'm talking about every area of your life spiritually some of you are going to start reading your Bibles this week and you're going to have some days where you don't feel like you will get anything out of it. Those are the days you need to realize, no, I'm growing and this is a process. I'm sowing seeds right now and I don't see it yet. But then later on when you need that verse, a couple months later, that, that verse out of Leviticus 7 will come back and you'll say, what in the world? But you got to stay with it and be consistent because those are seeds and those are things you're watering and it's actually growing, but you don't see it. The times you read your Bible when you don't feel like it, it's actually growing. The times you pray and you feel like that God's not listening, it's actually growing. The times you're making consistent actions in your physical health, you don't see it, it's actually growing. The time you're spending to read a book instead of watching Netflix, you're actually growing. You might not see it tomorrow, but you will see it. Because it's a process. Don't get discouraged in the process. Or you'll be like everybody else who gives up on their New Year's resolutions by February. Some by the third week of January. But why do they give up? Because we're in an instant gratification generation. It didn't happen quick enough. It didn't happen as fast as I wanted it to. Well, it's not going to because... Life is like a field and you're the farmer. 
It doesn't happen like a microwave. It doesn't happen just like that. No, it's a process. But the farmer, that's you, has to stay consistent. Sowing, watering, intentionally, day after day after day after day after day. And, and real farmers know, I might not see this for months later. Some farmers know, I might not see this till years later. But because they know the harvest will come if they do their part. They keep doing it consistently. And that's not flashy. That's not always enjoyable. It could be painful at the time. To wake up another day and go plant seeds. And you don't see anything. Wake up another day and water it and don't see anything. But that farmer knows because he's done this a long time. Realizes in a few months, I'm going to see everything I've been working on. In a year, I'm going to see everything I've been working on. In two years, I'm going to see everything I've been working on. And that's the same for you today. If you choose to grow and keep consistent with it, sowing into your life the right things, sowing into your life the right things, you will see the harvest, but don't give up in the process. Keep choosing it. No matter how painful it gets, keep planting, keep sowing, because the harvest will come. But don't get discouraged. It's just a process. Now, I'm going to read this verse out of Galatians in a second, but many of us know this verse. And let me quote it to you before we read it in the message. God says, do not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. If he sows to the flesh, he'll reap of the flesh corruption. But if he sows to the spirit, he'll reap life everlasting. And then he says this, because this is our attitude sometimes when we don't see it growing. We want to give up. And in verse 9, it says it like this. Don't get weary. Don't get weary. Don't get burnt out. Don't give up. Don't get fatigued in this because it's a process and you didn't see it. Don't get weary in doing good and sowing the right things and pursuing God and choosing to grow because in due season, you will reap everything you've been sowing. That's the word. That's a Bible verse. Now, why does he say that? Because he's trying to let you know growth is a process. Don't give up in it. Let me read out the message. You're going to shout if you haven't shouted yet. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvest a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth this verse is too good. But the one who plants him responds to God, letting God's spirit do the growth work in him. 
And that's all I've been asking you to do today is let God's spirit do the growth work in you. Harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. What a verse. Let's not get fatigued because we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. That's so good. Could we stand up today? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.